Well, it's my great pleasure to introduce our guest speaker tonight for the final time. Some of you have heard him one, two, three. This will be the fourth uh, time, I think, today. And uh, he's already been a great blessing to us this morning. So why don't we stand to our feet and welcome to our platform, Pastor Bruce Hills, all the way from Melbourne in Australia. Even though he's in Australia, come on, cheer him on. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Please, please take your seats. Thank you. How are you going today? Thank you. That's right. I forgot. Every time I come to this church, it's the only church I go to where the pastor bags me out for being Australian. And all of you are going, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, you're, all, you're all happy about that. So I, it's my biannual visit to get bashed for being Australian here. But I won't say a word about it because um, I'm surrounded. <laughs> I won't say a word about Australia or New Zealand. Okay, I am ready to go. I'm ready to preach tonight. I'm going to launch right into it because uh, I've got something inside of my heart. Uh, it's called blood. But I've also got a word inside my heart and pray that tonight it would speak to you very powerfully in Jesus' name. So if you've got a Bible with you, I'd love you to turn with me, please, to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. If you haven't got a Bible, it's no problem at all. Everything will be on the screen behind me, hopefully, very soon. But I want to turn your attention to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. And in just a moment, I'll be reading to you from verses 35 to 41. Uh, The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And the title of my message tonight is is really a, a summation, a summary of what I'm trying to say. And the title of my message is this, going over, not going under. Going over, not going under. What we're going to talk about tonight is the scripture where Jesus calmed the storm. And what we're going to learn is that we are not going to go under, we are going to go over. And I want to assure you tonight, in Jesus' name, you will break through. You will get to the other side. You will overcome whatever you are enduring at the moment. You will see the hand of God. You will see His mighty, miraculous intervention in your life and circumstances. Let me say it out loud. You are going to go over. You are not going to go under. But I think all of us would realize that life has storms. And sometimes it can be an emotional storm. Sometimes it can be a family storm. Sometimes it can be a spiritual storm. Sometimes a relationship. Sometimes it it can even be in our finances. Life has storms. And in life, there are summers and there are winters. There are ups and there are downs. There are smooth times and hard times. But what we're going to discover today is that we will get through no matter what, what, what is happening. There's an old saying that goes, that goes, tests don't make the man, they reveal the man. And I want to paraphrase it and say, storms don't make the woman or the man, they reveal the woman or the man. Because what we're about to discover as we begin to unpack this story tonight is that the real problem wasn't the storm. The real problem was what the storm unveiled and revealed about the heart of the disciples. Their biggest threat was not the external storm that they were going through. The biggest threat here was the internal attitude towards the storm that they were going through. So I want to begin to unpack this story And listen to what the Lord may be saying to us about how we can know that we are going to go over and we are not going to go under. But let me first of all just put this story into its biblical context. 
Jesus had been teaching by the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Verse number 35 says, that day when evening came. So Jesus had just finished this long, grueling day of ministry. And he told his disciples, okay, guys, it's time to go to the other side. So allow me to read it to you, reading from verse number 35 of Mark chapter 4. It says this, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and rebuked the wind. And he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Why don't we take a moment to pray? Our Father, I thank you for this great church. And I thank you that, Lord, we have gathered together tonight in your name. And in the name of Jesus, Father, we welcome the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, let him be the the preacher tonight. Let people not just hear the audible words of a preacher, but let them hear your heart. Let them hear your mind. I pray that tonight that there will be a divine transaction in every heart and in every life. Come Lord, have your way. Let our lives be changed. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So in verse number 35, the Lord said, let us go over to the other side. And in that verse, we find the first key for how we can know we are going to go over and we're not going to go under. Number one is this, because Jesus knows where he's taking us. I want you to know tonight, you are not going to go under. You are going to go over because our Jesus knows where he's taking us. Jesus knew that the storm was brewing. Jesus knew what he wanted to do inside of them. Jesus knew what he had in mind. Jesus knew where he was taking them. And with all of that in mind, Jesus said, come on, let's go to the other side. And I pray that tonight you would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You may have been at one level year after year after year, but Jesus is challenging you tonight. Oh, come on. It's time to go to the other side. It's time to go to a higher dimension. It's time to go to a greater level of sacrifice. It's time to go to a greater dimension in the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, let us go to the other side. Now, the disciples did not know, but on the other side of the lake was a young man in desperate need of the help of Jesus. In chapter 5, verses 1 to 10, it describes him. It says that he was living among the tombs. He was living in a graveyard. He was uncontrollable. He was self-mutilating and he was full of demons. And Jesus was on his way to the other side because he was going there to set this young man free. What this young man was going through was unacceptable. Everybody on the other side was running away from this young man, but Jesus was running to this young man. And in the same way, you may be here tonight and you may feel like your life is unraveling and you may feel like your life is falling apart and may 
other people around you have been running away from you, I want you to know tonight, Jesus is running towards you tonight. And he wants you to experience him so that he can set you free. So Jesus was going to get to the other side because he was going to set this young man free. And you are not going to go under whatever you are going through at the moment. You are going to go over because Jesus wants to reposition you and get you to the other side so that through your life, through your testimony, through your prayer, that those people living in the tombs may be set free. Those living in darkness, those who are away from Jesus may come to know the reality of who he is. So you are not going to go under. You are going to go over because Jesus wants to use you to set the people in the tombs absolutely free. Jesus knows what he's doing in your life. Jesus knows where he's taking you. Jesus knows exactly where he's leading you. And maybe at the moment, all you can see is the storm that's raging around you and circumstances that are completely out of your control. But you are going to go over because Jesus wants to use you and reposition you to set the captives free. So I encourage you tonight, hang on to that. You're not going to go under because you've got to learn some stuff so that on the other side, you can be used by God to minister to the lives of people. So number one, you're not going to go under. Number one, because Jesus knows where he's taking you. Number two. The second thing in this passage that shows us why we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over is this, because Jesus is with us on the journey. Jesus is with us on the journey. Notice what Jesus said in verse number 35. He said, let us go over to the other side. And if Jesus is asking you to do something, he is with you. He said, let us go over, you and me. May we be assured tonight, you do not journey in this life alone. You do not endure what you endure alone. You do not face what you are facing alone. There is a God that is with us. The Bible says that God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And maybe you're feeling at the moment so exposed and so vulnerable and you may feel like you're all alone and no one sees and no one cares. But the truth is, Jesus is right there and he is with you. And you are not going to go under. You are going to go over because our Jesus is with us and he will never let us down. A number of years ago, a number of years ago, I was reading this fascinating story about a, about a British anthropologist who was studying the Indians on the northeast coast of the United States of America. And this man went to live among the Indians to, to study their, their customs and to study their, their culture. Can you bring the, the photo up, please? And he was living with them for many years, and he was studying how they did what they did. What he discovered was when uh, a young man turned about 13 years of age, he went through a ceremony where he was initiated to become a brave. Up to this point, he'd been taught how to hunt, he'd been taught how to fish, he'd been taught how to make fires, he'd been taught how to subsist off the land. But when he was 13, he was initiated to become a brave. So all the men would take this young man and they would take him beyond any recognizable landmark. They would take him beyond where he had ever seen before, way out into the forest where he'd never been before. And they would take him there at sunset. 
And then they would leave him there. And to prove that he was brave and to prove that he was strong, he had to stay there in the forest all by himself all night. And all the men would leave him alone. And can you imagine what it was like for this young man being out there in the forest all by himself? Every time he would hear a twig snap, he would think it was a grizzly bear that was coming to get him. Every time he would hear the rustle of the trees, he would think it was one of those puma lions that was coming to to devour him. But he had to stay strong. He had to prove that he was a brave. And he had to stay out there all night. And even though he felt vulnerable, and even though he felt exposed, he had to prove that he was strong by being out there all by himself. But in the morning, as the sun began to rise and the first rays of dawn would pierce through, through the canopy of the trees, the young man would realize that he'd been left on the pathway that would take him all the way back to the village where he lived. But as the sun got higher, he would realize that somebody else was there. His father had been there all night, bow and arrow ready, watching over him all night, He felt alone, he felt vulnerable, he felt exposed, he felt like he was the only one out there, but his father had been watching him the whole time. And the point of that story is this, sometimes we feel so alone, we feel that nobody understands what we're going through, we feel like we're in that boat and we feel like we're in the middle of a storm, but the truth is, you are never alone, Jesus is with you. The Bible says in Psalm 121, he is watching over you. He never sleeps or slumbers. The Lord is watching over you. You are never alone. And no matter what you are going through, Jesus is just a prayer away. And you can reach out to him. He is with you. So I can say with confidence tonight, you are not going to go under, but you are going to go over because Jesus is with you on the journey. So the Bible says that uh, they got into the boat And as the boat slipped away from the shore, Jesus, like most preachers after Sunday, grabbed a cushion, found a comfortable place in the stern, and promptly went to sleep. The day had taken its toll. He had been pouring himself out, heart and soul, and he fell into a deep sleep. And no longer had Jesus fallen asleep than the problems began. In Mark 4, verse number 37, it says, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, the Sea of Galilee is one of the most treacherous bodies of water on the earth. It is situated 230 meters below sea level. It is nestled between the hills of Galilee in the east and the hills of Gilead in the west, and it's subject to quick and violent storms. Southeasterly winds blow through that relatively small channel and can whip up that water, and within five minutes it can become a furious body of water. And so no sooner had these young men gone out on the sea than the furious squall came up and began to rock the boat. But that leads us to number three. The third reason why we know that we're not going to go under, but we're going to go over, number three is this, because our Jesus is not afraid of anything. Our Jesus is not afraid of anything. While the storm raged, and while the boat rocked, and while the waves buffeted the boat, and menacingly threatened to swamp it, the Bible says in verse number 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was asleep. 
And while the disciples were being tortured with the most horrendous thoughts and there was unnerving them, Jesus is fast asleep. No one can relax or sleep if they are afraid. But Jesus knew that that sea was in the hands of his father. Jesus knew that God was going to keep that boat afloat. And wrapped in the broad arms of trust and faith in his father, Jesus slept. In a natural sense, he had his head upon a cushion, but spiritually he was sleeping the sleep of perfect peace that comes from perfect trust in his God. Let the storm rage. He was not going to go under. He was going to go over. What a wonderful picture. Every muscle in his body was relaxed. He wasn't having nightmares or bad dreams. He wasn't imagining the worst possible thing. The waves did not wake him, and the tossing did not startle him, and the wind did not disturb him. He was sleeping the sleep of a man who had his life in the hands of his loving father. He was sleeping the sleep of a man who practices faith in God. He was sleeping the sleep of a man who feared nothing. What we need to remember tonight is that our God is afraid of nothing. Our God fears nothing. Fear is a human emotion. But our God is fearless, He is fearsome, and is to be feared. And by His Spirit that lives inside of us, He can give us the divine capacity to look at fear eye to eye and to overcome in Jesus' name. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that now lives inside of us. The power that brought the universe into existence when Jesus spoke those words, let there be, is the same power that lives inside of you and God's nature that fears nothing is inside of you and he can strengthen you and he can empower you and he can ignite you today to overcome every fear that may be suffocating your life in Jesus name remembering too that fear is an enemy of faith you see fear reasons and expects the worst whereas faith believes and expects God's best. Fear sees all that could go wrong. Faith sees a God who can do no wrong. Fear frets at what might be, whereas faith anticipates what will be. Fear feeds off our vulnerabilities, whereas faith is fueled by the possibilities. Fear questions whether God loves us and whether he's concerned about our needs, whereas faith affirms and believes God's power and his concern about every aspect of our life. And so with no fear in his life whatsoever, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. How do we know that we're not going to go under? How do we know that we are going to go under? Because the God who lives within us and the God who created the universe and the God who is here tonight, he fears nothing. Let me tell you a story. You may have seen this, this picture that's coming up there in a moment about a fisherman. And he was, he was fishing and somehow his boat overturned by a rogue wave. And he was out there with nothing. But he found this rock protruding out of the ocean. And he clung onto that rock all night. And in the morning the rescuers found him and they winched him to safety. And when he got to shore there was all the news media that were hanging around. And they came up to him with cameras in his face. And they began to ask him about his experience. And one of the really bright reporters said, Were you afraid? And the man said, Oh yeah, he said, I was shaking, 
but the rock didn't. He says, oh, I was shaking, but the rock didn't. And when I heard that on the news, I thought, what a great picture of the Christian experience. We're all frail, we're all human, and at times we can have fears and, oh, we're shaking and we're going through some stuff. At that time when you think you're just hanging on, hang on to the rock. Because even though you're shaking, the rock doesn't. Even though you're shaking, the rock is immovable. The rock is unchanging. If you've got nothing else and no one else to hold on to today, you can hold on to the character of our great God. And he is good. And he is kind. And he is loving. And he is unchanging. And he is unchangeable. And he is powerful. And he's here. And he's for you. And he's raised his son from the dead who now lives within you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can hang on to that rock. And you can say, no matter what my emotions are saying, no matter what my mind is saying, I'm hanging on to you, Jesus. I'm hanging on to you. And I want you to know tonight, you are not going to go under. You're going to go over because our God, our rock, is afraid of nothing. He's afraid of nothing. However, this wasn't true of the disciples. They're in the same storm and like frightened little kids, they are freaking out. The disciples had forgotten Jesus' last words, which were, let us go over to the other side. The the disciples had forgotten that Jesus was there inside of their boat. Because what I found is when you're filled with fear, you go deaf to God. When you're filled with fear, you forget about what God has said. You forget about what God has written inside of his word. And this is what happens whenever we forget is that fear begins to rise up and put its fingers around our throat and begins to suffocate our faith. But Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So the disciples suddenly remember that Jesus is there and they're not very happy with him. And in verse number 38, it says that the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? You see, their words unmasked what was within them. And in their words is a tone of unbelief, a tone of accusation, a tone of fear. They were not in a good way at all. They're basically accusing Jesus, don't you love us? Don't you care about what we're going through? I'm in the middle of a storm here, Jesus, and here you are, you know, having a great sleep, Jesus. What's the matter with you? You know, and sometimes we can do exactly the same thing. Oh, God, don't you care about what I'm going through at the moment? Lord, I'm going through hardship. My children are causing me grief. I'm running out of money, God. I've got this sickness, this diagnosis, this prognosis. Oh, God, I'm going through some stuff. Don't you care? And they were accusing him of not caring. But that leads us to point number four, how we can know that we're not going to go under, but we're going to go over. Number four is this, because Jesus has the power to still any storm. No matter what you're going through here tonight, number four is Jesus has the power to still any storm. So I want you to picture these waterlogged, smelly, fish-breath fishermen reaching down to Jesus, shaking him, screaming at him accusingly. Don't you care if we drown? But I want you to picture Jesus 
as he rises to survey the terrorized faces of his men looking for some element of faith. I want you to picture Jesus with the wind blowing his hair and his garment and the spray of the waves soaking him, the sea raging and pitching and buffeting the boat, the long fingers of the storm are closing in. I want you to picture Jesus as he stands up and he does not flinch and he is not afraid and Jesus is not intimidated and Jesus is not anxious and the disciples are staring at him with with longing, anticipation, and urgency. And then Jesus spoke, and his voice was calm, and his voice was authoritative. The very same voice that spoke the universe into existence. The one who spoke and created everything that we see by the word of his power now speaks. And in verse number 39 it records, he rebuked the winds. And he said to the waves, be quiet, be still. The same authority which silenced the very power and the work of demons is the same voice that speaks. And Jesus said, you will be muzzled, you will be silent, you will be quiet, you will be still. And the consequence we find in verse number 39 says, and the wind died down and it was completely calm. It was like the sea had gone to sleep and the waves had disappeared and the wind had blown away. What is the lesson here? What, 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 what can we learn from that? We are not going to go under. We are going to go over because the Jesus that we serve has the power to still any storm. He's a God of absolute authority. He's the Lord of absolute dominion in every realm. Our God can do anything. Nothing is impossible with our great God. And the calming of the storm shows us God's ability to do anything for his people. Even the very forces of nature are subject to the word and the will of almighty God. And one of the greatest examples of that is when God opened the Red Sea and he made a way for the children of Israel to go through from Egypt right through to begin their journey to the promised land. God made a way where there was no way. Let us be reminded tonight, God can make a way where there was no way. And then after that, he brought walls down. He fed his people in the desert. He made the sun stand still. He sent destructive hail upon an enemy. He brought water out of a rock and the list could go on and on and on and maybe we don't need a miracle like that but what what we need to remember is our God can do anything I'm urging you tonight in the name of Jesus in the middle of your storm put your faith in him put your trust in him don't look at the winds and the waves but look to the greatness of our God who with one voice of authority can calm the very things that you are going through and I say it again and I say it with confidence and I say it with every fiber of my being you are not going to go under you are going to go over because our great God who is here right now by his his spirit can calm every storm in Jesus' name. Number five, a fifth, fifth thing we see in this text about how we know that we're going to go under and we are not, not going to go over, and to me this is the most important point of all. Number five is this, because Jesus is working on the weak areas of your life. How do you know that you're going to get to the other side? Because Jesus is working on the weak areas of your life. So Jesus has just calmed the storm. 
That's the outer problem. That's not the real problem here. So Jesus then has to deal with the more urgent inward problem. And in the story, Jesus only spoke twice. The first time, he spoke to the winds and the waves. But the second time, he began to deal with the real problem inside of the disciples. So the first time, he dealt with the external problem. The second time, he was dealing with the internal problem. And when everything had calmed down, Jesus asked them two questions. Questions that come ringing across the centuries to us here tonight. Jesus asked them in verse number 40, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I want to ask you tonight, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of what you are encountering and enduring in your life at the moment, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples did not answer Jesus. See, again, I repeat, the real problem here was not the storm. The real problem here was what the storm revealed about the heart of the disciples. The storm just revealed that there was a major problem here, or problems, and the problems were the presence of fear and the absence of faith. And those two are strongly linked. Whenever you have an absence of faith, you will have the presence of fear. And if fear is left unchecked inside of our life, it will produce panic. And then panic produces wild imagination. Our unbridled thoughts begin to imagine all the wrong things that could happen. And anxiety begins to come in and we start to have these irrational thoughts about what is going to take place inside of our life. And it's all because there is no faith, no trust in God. Don't blame God or or the, don't blame God for the storm. Blame our own sorry. Don't blame the storm or God for your fear is what I was trying to say. For Jesus asked, "Where is your faith?" And fear is the absence of faith in the same way that darkness is the absence of light. And so the answer and the antidote is the complete opposite. The faith in God subdues and silences fear. They should have remembered that Jesus had just said, let us go over to the other side. They should have remembered that Jesus was in the boat. They should have remembered the great miracles he'd done in the past. They had every reason not to fear, but they did not. They forgot about Jesus. They neglected Jesus. All they were focusing upon was the external problem. And what was within them came to the surface. And Jesus had to ask them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith in me? Now, the waves were real, and the wind was real, and you can understand why they were afraid. But at that time, they should have reached out to Jesus in faith rather than panic and accuse him that he didn't care. But here's the lesson here. Jesus is not finished with us. We are not what we were, but we are not yet what we will be. And God doesn't give up on us and God doesn't turn his back upon us and God never calls us a failure. He keeps sending his spirit to work inside of us, to fill us and encourage us. And I want you to know, friends, you are not going to go under because God's not finished with you. He's going to continue to build you and strengthen you and lift you up so that you can get to the other side. Number six, last one, and I'm done and I'll hand back to Pastor Tark. Number six is this. How do we know that we're going to go over and we are not going to go under? Number six, because Jesus uses storms to reveal more of himself. Jesus uses storms to reveal more of himself. 
Verse number 41 says, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So here they were in the boat on the calm sea and they're astonished, they're terrified, they're dumbfounded and they say, who is this? Because the subduing of the sea was not merely a demonstration of power, it was an epiphany through which Jesus was revealing himself to his disciples. He was showing them what, what, who he was. And there are some things that we go through in this life that have a far greater spiritual significance than we may realize at the moment. Jesus is using whatever you are going through to reveal more of himself. He is using it to unveil and to reveal to you who he is and his work inside of our life. And it's those revelations in those deep moments that shape who we are and what God has called us to do. Like Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego in the fire. Their faith did not shield them from the fire. It sustained them in the fire. Their faith in God did not prevent the fiery ordeal. It preserved them in the fiery ordeal. But it was the revelation of Jesus in the fire that transformed those young men to transform an empire in God's mighty name. And in the same way, may we realize that God will use whatever storm you are going through to say, this is who I am. This is what I can do inside of your life. This is who I am. So the disciples were saying, who is this? And I pray that we always have a holy sense of, whoa, who is this? to always retain that sense of awe about Jesus. Yes, we know him. Yes, we know that he lives inside of our heart. And yes, we have his word, but we'll never be able to comprehend him in all of his fullness this side of eternity. Let us always have a holy sense of, oh, who is this? I want to know him more and more. And let us never be blasé about Jesus or just have Jesus as an appendix to our normal life, but realize he's the son of the living God, raised from the dead, the Lord of glory, the King of glory, and He's here right now. Let's always have that sense of, I want to know you more. And sometimes God, Jesus and His ways can be a mystery, but let's always have that sense of, who is this? And maybe you're asking tonight, who is this? Well, based on what we've learned here tonight, I'll tell you who he is. He is the one that's in your boat right now. Who is this? He is God's presence within you in every storm. Who is he? He is the risen Savior who's triumphant over sin and death. Who is he? He's the reigning king endowed with power and authority to muzzle any storm inside of your life. So tonight, focus on Jesus. Reach out to Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Pray to Jesus and always have that holy sense of awe. In conclusion, in case you're worried, in conclusion, this is, this is what I believe God is saying to you tonight in his name. And I want you to hear me. You're not going to go under you are going to go over. You will get through. You are going to get to the other side. You will be safe. You will come out stronger. You will come through with a more resilient faith and a greater knowledge of Jesus. How do I know? Number one, because our Jesus knows where he's taking you. And you need to get to the other side because there's people living in the tombs and Jesus wants them saved and in this church and on fire for him. Number two, you're, you're going to get through because Jesus is with 
with you. He's never going to abandon you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to reject you. He's living inside of you. Number three, because our Jesus is not afraid of anything. And we may shake, but our Jesus never shakes. Number four, because he can steal any storm in any one of our lives. And number five, to me, that's the most important. How we know we're going to get through? Because he's not finished with us. He's got to do more inside of us. So maybe tonight, rather than say, oh, God, take the storm away, ask God, oh, God, take the storm away. Show me what's going on in here. And the last one is because Jesus is using whatever you are going through to self-reveal, to self-disclose who he is. And Jesus is here. So I want to pray over you tonight, and time's a bit short because there's some great things happening a little bit later. But all it takes is just one word from Jesus, one touch from Jesus, and our life will never be the same again. So I want, um, can I ask you please to stand, stand with me, and let's just take a moment. Could I invite the musos to come back? That would be great. Thank you. Could I ask you please just to close your eyes for a moment, just purely to shut out all the distractions around us. You're going to get through. You will overcome. You will break through. But Jesus asked the questions. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I want to encourage you just before I hand back to Pastor Tuck, if there's some stuff that's going on inside of you, maybe like the disciples, you've just focused on the winds and the waves and the storm and the turmoil and all the things that are out of control rather than focus upon Jesus. And tonight before I pray, would you refocus on Jesus? Put your trust in Jesus and to say to him in the middle of your storm tonight, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I'm in your hands. I know that you're with me. And there might be one thing I said that really connected with you tonight about him being with you, for you. Just whatever it is, just respond to him. And then I'm going to pray that Jesus would touch you and encourage you tonight in his name. Come, Holy Spirit. Show us our heart. Show us the condition of our faith. Show us our level of trust today. Thank you that you don't give up. Thank you that you will bring us through. If you're in the middle of a storm today, would you mind and you want some prayer, would you please just raise your hands I'm going to pray over you today in Jesus' name. Just raise your hands to God as an act of surrender, as an act of faith, as an act of recognition. Jesus, I'm putting my trust in you. Let me pray over you today. Thank you, Father, that you are for us. Thank you that you know what you're doing in us. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that you are always there. Lord Jesus, tonight I pray for your peace, your peace to reign in everyone's heart in the name of Jesus. I speak those words that you spoke to the winds and the waves, Lord, and I say, peace, be still. 
I pray that you would give peace in the hearts of every person that is here, that you would still the internal storms in the name of Jesus and comfort and strengthen people tonight Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray Father for their external storm that they may know a mighty miraculous intervention of your power even as we pray right now that you would still I pray the things that they are facing I pray that Lord tonight in the name of Jesus that you would help them to break through, Lord, in your name. I pray that they would know and see your intervention, your power, your glory. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now just for a moment, just receive. Just receive. Come on, let's all just lift our hands to Jesus. Just receive the peace of God. Receive.